Hi again, this is Dr. Rob, and you're listening to the How's Gall Doctor's Quick and Dirty Tips for Taking Charge of Your Health. This is my second podcast discussing a guy named Arthur, arthritis, specifically osteoarthritis. My last podcast covered the definition causes and the diagnosis of the condition, and today I'll discover what you can do about this scoundrel. Osteoarthritis is not only very common, affecting over half of the Americans over age 65, but it also costs us a lot of money. The economic cost is huge, and even larger is the cost in terms of quality of life that it steals from its victims. So, treatment is a big way to fight back against Arthur and get back productive years for people who suffer from this terrible disease. And I want to ask my listeners, do you listen to the other Quick and Dirty Tips podcasts? Well, two of the outstanding Quick and Dirty podcasts out there are the Nutrition Diva and the Public Speaker. You can learn a 100 ways to eat healthier and 100 ways to communicate more persuasively. Heck, if they get together, I, maybe they can persuade us all to eat healthier. Okay. Now, back to arthritis. Just as there's no magic ways to prevent osteoarthritis, there are no magic treatments either. The main focus of treatment is pain relief, not treating the disease itself. One of the worst consequences of osteoarthritis that I see in many elderly people is actually a significant reduction in their physical activity. Keeping active is strongly associated with a longer life, so treatment of the pain is aimed at maintaining normal activity as long as possible. One important treatment of osteoarthritis is physical therapy and guided exercise. Water aerobics are especially good for elderly people with significant arthritis. It can reduce their pain and increase their mobility. Now, there are several levels of medications for osteoarthritis that, as mentioned before, are intended mainly to treat the pain. Acetaminophen, or Tylenol, reduces pain and can be safely used as long as it is used in the proper dosage. I discussed this in an earlier podcast. Anti-inflammatory medications, medications like ibuprofen, naproxen, and the myriad of other anti-inflammatories are actually better than acetaminophen at reducing the pain, and they do so for longer periods. The problem is that the long-term use of these medications is associated with serious stomach problems, including ulcers, and it's also associated with kidney problems. If you use any of these medications long-term, you should also take some sort of stomach-protecting medications. Now, the next level of pain medication are the narcotic pain medications. Some people think it's extreme to use medications like hydrocodone or oxycodone for osteoarthritis, but they are very good medications if they're used carefully. It's better to use these medications than just to sit around doing nothing so to avoid pain. The long-acting narcotics are safer than the short-acting varieties, and they can reduce the risk of addiction. Talk to your doctor about this. Then there are the topical medications. Capsaicin, the substance that makes the chili peppers hot, will actually reduce arthritis pain when applied to the joint. The problem is that it can cause irritation and has to be applied for a while before people have significant benefit. But they do get significant benefit if they're patient enough. And finally, other natural medications, specifically glucosamine with or without chondroitin, has been heralded as the natural means to reduce arthritis pain. Unfortunately, though initial studies were optimistic, numerous follow-up studies haven't shown that they really help. 
But that doesn't mean that I recommend against people using it, as it's really not a harmful thing to be taking. And some people have really said that it gives them a lot of reduction of their pain, as long as it doesn't hurt you and it reduces your pain, whether it's the power of suggestion or whether it's actually a group of people that it helps, I'm in favor of it. And that goes for other natural medications as well, as long as they don't harm you. And if they do make you feel better, you can go ahead and take them. Just make sure you tell your doctor and your pharmacist just in case they interact with other medications you're taking. That's very important. In addition to physical therapy and medications, there's a couple of other treatment options that your doctor might recommend. The first is joint injection. Injection of the joint with cortisone to reduce inflammation can give temporary relief, but since osteoarthritis doesn't always have inflammation of the joint, it doesn't always last long and it doesn't always work. Newer injections with a substance called hyaluronic acid will improve the lubricating ability of the fluid of the joint that can help reduce the pain, particularly those with arthritis in their knees. And finally, surgery. Surgery is generally the last step taken in the process. In my experience, people wait too long before getting surgery as it can really help to reduce the pain and improve quality of life. Though there are certainly risks involved whenever you let somebody cut you open, people often ignore the risk of doing nothing. Pain causes a person to slow down, and slowing down and becoming inactive greatly increases other disability and even death. There are various levels of surgery for arthritis depending on the joint involved. Sometimes an orthopedic surgeon will use a scope to flush the joint of debris and perhaps trim off major bony abnormalities. But these surgical procedures are temporary. The mainstay of surgical treatment for arthritis is joint replacement with artificial joint, most commonly made out of titanium. Hip and knee replacement are by far the most common. Shoulder replacement and newer joint therapies such as those in the hand are being done more and more. In general, the simpler the joint, the easier the surgery, which is why the knee, which is a simple hinge, and the hip, which is a ball and socket joint, are the most common joints replaced. The hardest decision I see with people is when they should go ahead with joint replacement. So I'll finish this podcast with quick and dirty tips to help you or your loved one decide when joint replacement is a good idea. Tip number one, when it hurts enough to make you want surgery, get it done. Joints that aren't particularly painful shouldn't be replaced. If you can stay active and deal with the pain, you probably can wait. But if you find that your daily activity level is significantly dropping or you're spending a good portion of your day in pain, you should probably consider surgery. Tip number two, get simpler joints done earlier. Knees and hips are simpler to replace, and getting them replaced is more likely to reduce or even eliminate pain. There's a limited lifespan of joint replacement, so people who are under age 65 will have to consider more alternatives. Just talk to your orthopedic surgeon about these issues. Tip number three, make sure you're getting adequate pain medications. I have been able to dramatically improve people's quality of life and mobility by using long-acting narcotics, especially the fentanyl patches and, yes, even OxyContin. Don't be afraid of treating pain with strong medications, but make sure you're using the long-acting medications as the shorter-acting ones are less effective and more addictive. And tip number four, only get surgery done by a doctor you trust. If you have misgivings about your surgeon or their explanations, Get a second opinion. 
talk to your primary care doctor or consult another orthopedic surgeon. If someone's going to cut you open while you sleep, you sure had better trust them a lot. I hope you never have to face this decision, but chances are a lot of you will, or your loved ones will. If so, I hope this information is helpful to you. If you have topics you want me to cover, send them to housecalldoctor at quickunderdetips.com, or you can submit them to me on Twitter at housecalldoc, or visit my Facebook page. And don't forget about my blog, Musings of a Distractible Mind at distractible.org. Let me once again remind you that this podcast is for informational purposes only. My goal is to add to your medical knowledge and translate some of the weird medical stuff you hear so that when you do go to your doctor, your visits will be more fruitful. I don't intend to replace your doctor. He or she is the one you should always consult about your own medical condition. Catch you next time. Stay healthy. Stay healthy.